mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan, Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 266 of There's No Place Say Terra Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace. And we are coming to you. <laughs> well, live. first. Not live. We're well, coming first, to you fancy. We're coming to you fancy. More on that later. Yeah. But first, <laughs> today we are watching yes. SG Atlantis uh-huh. Season 3. Yes. Episode 17. Uh-huh. Sunday. Yep. A.K.A. Uh-huh. Unsubscribe. <laughs> no like. I have two. My 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 actual feelings one is, and I'll get to the reason why I have this as an A.K.A. later, but it's good night and joy be with you all. Aww. Uh, and my other A.K.A. is I volunteered a tribute to go fishing with Carson. Yeah, dude. That's basically what I screamed this entire episode is, I'll go fishing with you. I hate fishing. I will go fishing with you, Carson. (laughs) I volunteer for fishing. This is an episode that people were definitely waiting to see your thoughts on. I felt tricked. (laughs) I felt bamboozled. (laughs) I felt hurt. Yeah. In my heart. It's no good. I felt angry. It's not a good feel. Because from the beginning, we'll 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 get there. We're gonna let the episode unfold as it unfolds. I'll just say this: this is not what I thought it was gonna be. This is not what anyone thought it was. No one goes into this episode thinking that you're going to lose basically the most beloved, uh, sweetest. I didn't think we were gonna lose anybody. Show. I thought this was gonna be like an infamous kiss episode. Yeah. That's how they set it up the tea. Yep. And then like Lucy with a football. Yep. Good thing we got these new mics so that I can yell on them. <laughs> By the way, guys. By the way. We're coming to you fancy time. Fancy time. We finally upgraded. We want to thank you guys for listening to our trash. For listen, I think, listen, we, early on, thanks to our amazing patrons, yes. we had upgraded our audio setup. Mildly, and we yeah. were sounding pretty good Yeah, for some, some mics that we got and the amazing skills of Grace in Audition. I'll take it. And now we are like legit professional podcast people. Again, thanks to our patrons. Thanks to our patrons, um, who who are we? That we're bringing you sweet, sweet audio now. The sweet, sweet sounds. I can yell. I wonder if if um, does the pop filter also remove my lisp? <laughs> it's a lisp that, filter that happens sometimes because I know it's there. <laughs> we'll see. Um, <laughs> can I get a lisp filter? <laughs> I, I can't say the word. That's got to be a sign, right? That's got to be the something. The lisp filter. Uh, but yeah, this episode, even when you said, oh, hey, we have to watch this episode together. Yep. I thought, okay, cool. This will be like someone's going to kiss here uh-huh. or something fun's going to happen. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, I I usually know that there's something important that we want to see my reaction because to. Because we, we do watch for a while when we, in the midst of last year, we weren't watching a ton of episodes together. We just weren't able to. We weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the I think the only episode we watched in the midst of most of last year was 200 together. Right. And we, like, 
It was like on a weird, super reflective screen outside, yeah. and it wasn't the best. It was, yeah, we tried. We made an effort. Um, and we're making an effort to every now and then, um, especially with school. Yeah. It was like we weren't back to redoing the fir the first watches together. Uh -huh. It was more I would send text chains to Nixie yeah. when I would do my watches and be like, what the hell with this? Yeah. What the what the this? Why the this? Uh, anyway, this one we made a time, which is good because we're getting back to the ritual. Exactly. Life is allowing it to. Um, I wasn't ready. I wasn't expecting this. I wanted you to go into this in the same way I went into this with absolutely no clue what the fuck happened. Yeah, this is one of those ones where if I met the writers now, this is one that I would be that fan that's like, what were you thinking? I have a hunch that if you talk to the writers now and and went, what the fuck were you thinking? They'd be like, I don't really know. Yeah. We, that was definitely regret in our end. It's, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. We'll get into it. Because I will tell you Man. this. The fans were slightly upset about this. I don't blame them. They let people know about it. As a fan now, I am upset. It included a protest at the studio with a pipe band. I might have been there. <laughs> I would have been part of that. I if I had been able to get up to Vancouver, I 100% would have. It's not that far. No, it's, it's fine. It's only what? It's just on the other side of the continent. No big deal. It's fine. I feel like, so at the time it would have been in Northern California. I mean, it's still a distance, but I would have been closer. like, ah, fuck it. We're doing this. Oh yeah. That's a road trip. Yeah. We're doing That's this That's just road a road trip. trip up the coast. Yeah. The beautiful scenery. Damn it. Um, I feel like it's way prettier driving up the coast on the West coast than it is driving up the coast on the East coast. It is way prettier driving up the coast. And this is someone who's coast. never driven up the coast on the West well, coast? Well, here's what I, here's what I've learned is that you can't actually drive on the coast coast and the East no. coast. You've got to take the interstate, which yeah. takes you inland. I bet the coast itself is gorgeous, but it's probably it. difficult, like tra traversal. Or, yeah, you know what I mean? That makes sense. Uh, it's not as regular. And the thing is, it is not the straightest shot up on the West Coast either to take the coast road. But it's a pretty solid road. But I think that's the thing. It's like, you don't you don't go up that for the straight shot speed right, of it. Right. You go up because it's party. You take the... You start at the bottom. So, from the border, you're actually on the interstate for a bit, I think. And then you take... The, the 101 slash one mm -hmm. and then the 101 splits off and goes to my house but then you stay on the one yeah. because I live in the valley you take the one all the way up uh, through San Francisco which then again becomes the 101 um, <laughs> and then I think it stays the 101 for a while because um, the 101 <laughs> there, I mean, there is... listen to me I just became California without meaning to the US time. Highway 101 well, that's what versus I was saying. California A1A does go up the coast mm. but like you don't want to drive that uh, that's fair No, um, it's just stoplights and shit barring any um, mud slides or rock slides <laughs> or inclement weather the yeah. one is fucking gorgeous I'm sure it is beautiful I'm sure uh, let's just talk about that instead and, and pretend that this never happened and not talk about what happens this episode from here on now I'm going to skip this episode in my watch <laughs> and forever Carson is just going to be off planet just doing something just watch the first half of it yeah just and then they the kiss. and then in my brain he went fishing yep. and then it's just been on the mainland yep. since he just he basically Basically, he built himself a cabin on the mainland and is still fishing. Yeah. He yeah. just does, like, no, no, and even then, like, he just has, like, a little outpost, a little infirmary yep. on the mainland. Mm -hmm. 
He does like resort doctor stuff. Exactly. The end. Um, have you been doing anything else this past week? Um, I have. I've read, and by read, I mean listen to. That's fine. A very interesting audiobook. Mm-hmm. Really, really liked it. It was. It's called um. Eleanor Oliphant is fine, is completely fine. Something along those words. And it is about a woman in her 20s who lives a very lonely life in in Scotland. She's Scottish. I'm, I I was looking at other things. And as soon as you said that, I was like, my interest is now peaked. I'm trying to find the author. Eleanor Oliphant. Uh yeah, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Um, it's modern, modern day. Okay. Um, but it um, it kind of follows her. She's your narrator. Okay. She's a very she lives a lonely existence. You kind of follow her through her life, and she's what they call in literary terms an unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um. I feel like that's probably a common phrase. That was really presumptuous of me to say that. I didn't mean it that way. It's okay. Um, But uh, it's interesting to see where it goes. And it's not like, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like, oh, gosh, I see now. Oh, it's one of those things that kind of makes you learn to look at people a little bit differently Mm -hmm. or learn to consider a person that normally you might ignore or brush off or just go oh that person's weird yes dismiss is the right word um the author is a woman named gail honeyman okay um uh if you listen to books like nixie and i do through your public library audio app yes that's how i listen to all of my audio books it is available via libby okay Yeah, I love Libby. It's real fun because we technically have two different county libraries. Yeah. So you'll be like, oh, this is already available in audiobook. And I was like, no, no it's library. not. Yeah. Womp, womp. But I read that and I read some other things that I didn't love. So I don't feel like saying bad things about them. So I'm just going to uh, talk about those. <laughs> I've actually been reading two books and then listening to a book. This has definitely nice. been a week of books. So yeah. the book I'm actually listening to um, is Educated. Um, it's a memoir oh, by Oh my Tara god, Westover. I'm listening to that as well. Are you? Yes, I am literally listening to that. I was listening to it in the car right here. Yeah, I. It's so far. I maybe. Guys, I think this like is crazy. Nixie and I in. never do the things at the never. same time. First of all, we don't read the same books. No, we in don't. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think this was left over from. I, I seem to remember my favorite murder recommending it years oh, ago. Oh, did they? Okay. I think that's where it came onto my radar and I just never got around to listening it. And that's the, these are the type of books I like listening to audiobooks over yeah. reading. Yeah. It's, it's a memoir. Yeah. It's very interesting so far. I'm about it's, five chapters in. I love, a, I love a good memoir because memoirs are not autobiographies. Yeah. So they're open. I love list. I love reading or listening to how a person tells a memoir mm-hmm. because it's such an, uh, it's such an interesting approach to saying this may or may not have happened, but here's how I remember it. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's her truth. Yes. Yes. It's her truth. And it's not, it's not a lie. It's just, this is what I experienced. This was my life. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love. I love a good, a, a well put together memoir doesn't feel like a lie. Yeah. It doesn't feel like someone's and, hiding and from And I'm you. to a point right now where she just told a story, and I, and I won't say what the story was to not ruin it, but uh-huh. she she actually, 
at the end of the chapter, it goes back and goes, this is how I remembered it. However, I went and asked my brother. I and actually this is read how that one. Yeah. He remembered it. Yeah. And then, you know, this is how my dad said he remembered yeah. it. Um, which I find, which, which I found is, very there's interesting. There's three different stories. Uh, well, that's what you say. You know, the truth is a three-edged sword. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> your truth, my truth, and the real truth. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, I think it's funny that we're both reading that. The other two books I'm reading are in exact opposites. I'm still reading the Iron Druid series, which nice. is my, my fun, like, nighttime I can read, like, a five-page chapter and fall asleep to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I am reading sort of in my daytime hours. Um, I think I, again, mentioned it last week. I've gone back to Words of Radiance. Oh, okay. Uh, which you is did. the Stormlight yeah. Archive um, by Brandon Sanderson. It is me trying to read it at night when I fall asleep after like 10 pages and not being able to follow the story versus me reading it when I'm like conscious and can yeah. read for a solid hour at a time is a night and day experience. <laughs> Don't read Brandon Sanderson's books when you're at night and like one of those things where you read a page but then you don't actually remember reading the page because yeah you're just trying to fight keeping your eyes open. That's me all the time. I think that's yeah. why I like things that are really just follow a person. Yeah. Like uh, educated or like Ella for Elephant because I I'm certain I've missed a lot in both yeah. stories but it's okay because I'm still getting the vibe. It's why I leave um my as I call them beach reads my Iron Druid my Dresden Files yeah. my like Star Trek and Star Wars pocket books like those are all my nighttime read books because they're 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 relatively simple reads. Yeah. Um. But. <laughs> We are not here to talk about books. No, let's just talk about books all day. June 1st, 2007. <laughs> oh boy. It was written by Martin Garrow, directed by William Wang. And, uh, well, well, we'll, obviously we'll get into this a lot later. We'll discuss it a lot. Let's raise a glass. Yes. For Dr. Carson Beckett. Cheers. Um, there is, there is a song that I'm very, very, very close to, and I love it. Many people know it. It is called The Parting Glass. I will not sing it for you, even though I sing all the time on this podcast. Uh, but the chorus is, and this is where my AKA came from. Okay. So fill to me the parting glass and drink a health wherever they fall and gently rise and softly call. Good night and joy be with you all. Wow. That's um, a lot. It's, uh, it's actually a really, really beautiful song. Um, and uh, I know there's a... I think a great version for you to find if if you don't like the Dubliners have an amazing version of okay. it. All these people. Um, I think my favorite current version is Ed Sheeran has done it live in concert a couple times. Oh, interesting! It's super awesome. I'll have to check it out. Um, I like doing those things where you just kind of search the name of a song on Spotify and listen to all the different versions of a it. A Parting Glass has so many versions. I'll have of to it. do that. Yeah, um, it's sort of like that end of the night last song. Before the part, the, before the gathering, it's like ends. the closing time of the not nineties. It is, it is the closing time of, <laughs> of the not nineties. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm scared of this episode, but let's just fucking dive in. I so guess. So we start with Taylor and Doctor Houston, spelled differently, yeah. no relation, completely failing the Benchel test. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> I, I was so caught up in trying to find clues on to the who was. Yeah. That I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What a terrible thing That's for okay. me. She she frequently passes the test. Yeah. So we'll give her we'll give her Yeah. That's fair. A pass in a different way here. I mean it, it yeah, in truth, we don't ever get to see Taylor just being 
a girl with her girlfriends talking about things that may come up. Exactly. Like love life. Exactly. Um, so it's a nice little glimpse into who she is outside of a fighty fight. I do also love, there is something that I love and interesting and fascinating about a woman that we get two times here. A woman who is emotionally strong, extremely confident in herself, and be like, no, gotta ask me out first. I got shit to do. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> if he likes me, he'll ask me out. Yeah. I, I I can't carry this. Yeah. Also, apparently, it is not a, that's not how Athosians do it. I wonder how Athosians do it. Like, I wonder what if there's a ritual. I can like the tea ceremony. Like, I can imagine there is a small gift involved. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or the, like the flowers. Or oh, did he leave the bundle on your doorstep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, there was like er- like herbs and sages or yeah. something. Like, I don't know something. In- that would have been a cool way to make, give me some plants. I know. That's almost like someone just drops a plant off. Did somebody just store. drop a lavender plant? Oh. Fuck yeah, they did. She's got to marry that boy. You know what that means. So I know that. I know what I'm asking for Spring my Spring anniversary. <laughs> plants. You want plants. I want some plants. Um, apparently, uh, well, we don't know. We do not find out who she's talking to. We really don't even know if it's a if the person we're talking about is a Thosian or not. Yeah. I... There are theories. Well, John is the very obvious idea. John is the obvious to the point where it's like, might too be obvious. too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Especially because of the comment later from Ronan, which we'll get to in that scene. Yeah. Let's just keep moving. Let's so, just keep trucking through. Apparently there are a few things that Heitmeyer does do right. Mm-hmm. Today is a mandatory rest day for all of Atlantis. Um, at least mandatory for as many people as they can get because poor Dr. Cole does have to sit in the infirmary and I'm sure like Chuck is up there. Listen, I feel that as the frontline <laughs> yep. person in our department, yep. you know, on the holidays, yep. there's always a bare bone staff. Guess who gets to hang out with that bare bone staff? No, mind you. you. Yeah. You sh- mind you, I don't mind it because I like having a different day off. Yes. I do. Uh, you start to get comfortable. And, and that's my hope, that they get a different day off. Yeah. Because then you get to have a day off when it's not crowded. And that's what I'm thinking, is, like, maybe, like, tomorrow is everyone else, those others' day yeah, off. Yeah, the, the skeleton crew. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Athosians have a day off every four days, which kind of sounds nice. <laughs> I fucking love that idea. Yeah. Because it's you don't get, like, the two-day weekend, but you get a day off more frequently. Yeah. Yeah. I You know, and I'm not against the idea of a four-day work week. No. Um, I'm gonna keep pushing that Me forever. Me too. <laughs> so they're gonna go get lunch, but Taylor turns around because she forgot her banto rods in the gym. So mm-hmm. Dr. Houston goes ahead and- Oh my god, I just remembered another thing that I've been doing this week and yeah. I didn't- Uh, we is just it... started playing Jedi. <laughs> I was like, it's not exploding, is it? Well, no, but it was somehow banto rods. Yeah. Right. Felt, feels like a Star Wars word. It does. It's very um, Fallen Jedi, man. We started playing Fallen Jedi. That's all. Oh, did you get to the other um, voice in the game that I we warned you about? don't know. We haven't gotten very far. Okay. Do you want me to tell we you? We met Braytac. We Braytac is in the game. Braytac is in the game. Um, and would then you we... like me to tell you the other voice to look for, or do you want to find it on your own? Um, is it another Stargate voice? It is super not a Stargate voice, but okay. it is a voice that you hear for hours every week. Okay. I think that's enough of a clue to where I want to look for it. Myself. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um, yeah, we haven't, we, we found Braytac and then we keep fighting these two monsters. Oh yeah. And because it's Jesse and I, we're playing together. Uh-huh. 
And because, God forbid, we play on an easy level. No. We're going to keep fighting these two monsters for a long time. Oh, you're you're on, like, the, are you on the trainee planet still? Yeah. 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 That's a good planet. I This is not a spoiler. You come back to the planet later. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of things you can't do there's yet. There's things you can't do yet. That's actually where I am. No, I just left there in my playthrough. Okay. Um, I am not doing a crazy hard level, but I did up my level of difficulty nice. from story mode. I'm proud of you. But as soon as Taylor walks away to get her banto rods, yes. there is a massive explosion throwing Taylor forward. It is bad. Super not good. And as Taylor tries to get up, we see there is a giant piece of metal sticking out of her gut. And she passes out because there's a giant piece of metal sticking out of her yeah, gut. Yeah, because she does the thing where you assess and you go... Do I pull it out or do I leave it in? Yeah. Do I pull it out or do I... Fuck it. No. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. passing out. Yeah. And Disengage. 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 <laughs> so three hours earlier... Yeah. We find Dr. Weir in mm-hmm. her office when Mike, I mean, handsome make handsome face comes... Fake Noah Wiley. Fake Noah Wiley. <laughs> Foa Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. (laughs) Um, This is clearly not the first time they flirted. Yeah. Um, But it hasn't gotten any smoother. No. Weir's interesting to watch. Um, I, listen, this is how I, that's my level of flirting. Just like a, nah. Well, I feel like she's doing this thing where she's being careful with boundaries, careful Uh with boundaries. Yeah. To me, what's, she's actually not uncomfortable to watch. Like, you can see what she's trying to do. To me, the determination of Fool Wiley <laughs> is, is like, man, dude. Yeah. Go for it. Hells yeah. I guess, I guess you're, you're really about it. <laughs> Weir is still working on a day off because it's Weir. Uh-huh. And, um, and Scruffy is here finishing up some work for the next Earth transmission, but he asks her to join him for lunch. Yeah. And when she's like, Fumbling the pass, he presses the point. She keeps trying to fumble it along um, <laughs> because she doesn't have relationships with people she works with. But mm-hmm. he's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't work for you. I mean, I I understand where she's coming from. Yeah, he goes, but I'm your boss. He's like, no, you're my boss's boss. That's she's like, somehow worse. That's still my boss. Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> he goes, but by that rationale, everyone on this planet works for you. And she should be like, no, the Athosians don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She can date an Athosian. Just everyone in the city works for her. I mean, just send them off site and be like, fine, you want a date? You have to go work with Carson on the on the offsite infirmary. Exactly, on the offsite infirmary. <laughs> but wait, oh, Weir misunderstands. Scruffy's not asking her out on a date. No, this is just sitting down in the same location, you know, putting food in your mouth at the same time, the mandatory refueling of her bodies. And look, I am more appealing than a wall. <laughs> she does ha- does agree. She's like, but she has an hour of work left. She goes, great. See you in an hour. Jesus, dude. A little pushy. Um, I'll tell you what. If this was me and I were weird and yeah. this was weighing on my mind, I don't know that I'd meet him in an hour. I don't. 
here's the thing. So she's interested. That's what I'm saying. That's what like, I'm getting. If at. she wasn't interested, she she would blow him off and not show up in an hour. Because it's easy to just not do something. Exactly. <laughs> I know that well. Yeah. <laughs> just um, do the non things. And that's when we learn that Weir was also supposed to have lunch with Taylor. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's about to just throw her hands up, going, "Do not be blowing me off." Yeah. But she, she's like, but I have this thing and I suppose I, but I have previous plans and please th- give me an excuse yeah. not to go. And Taylor's like, oh no, oh, bitch. Oh, you're yeah. having lunch with Scruffy? <laughs> no, no, no. You're going to go have oh, lunch no, with Oh no, you him. better go. I'll do other shit. Yeah. I'll go spar or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I love, I relate so much to women who not knowing what the fuck they're doing when it comes to people they like. And yeah. just avoiding the situation. I, yeah, I definitely see the, avo- the avoiding part. Mm-hmm. Because I also had no idea what I was doing. But that didn't mean I would avoid it. That just meant I would trample through it. Yeah, no. Drakey style. I would avoid. Actually, there's a woman in the background later, which uh-huh. is closer to what I'll do. We'll get to her. Oh, okay. We'll get to her. Yeah, I know. There, there is a background actress that I have a theory behind. Oh, interesting. Yeah, my move's like, uh, let me just uh, tear this apart. Is there something here? <laughs> no? Ruined it all? I'm just cool. going to poke at it from a 30-foot stick. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> I'm never talking to that person again. Thank so, God for a marriage. Okay. We're <laughs> never have to do that shit yep. again. Yeah. Weir runs into Carson, who definitely noticed what passes for hot date night clothes on Atlantis. <laughs> Which is like... When I worked in retail, yeah. I had like a shirt very similar to Weir's because I worked, did. it was like older lady clothing. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I had shirts very similar yeah. to Weir's. It's like, that's not even. Listen, when but your wardrobe, it. none of these yeah, people's wardrobes are big. Yeah. When, you're, yeah. when your uniform is a North Face zipped up jacket. Exactly. That's fair. This is hot date night clothes. Hot date night. She's like, look, some cleavage. Exactly. Reminder, I have a neck. <laughs> No, her earlier, I really like her earlier top. It's red, but it has, it's not a keyhole, but it comes in and then does like a, a circle swoop down. That's what I mean. It's like, it's not even cleavage. It's no. just like, hey, there's a chest down here. Yeah. And then like her date night ones, I have there's skin. a little bit of cleavage. It's just the <laughs> beginning. It's very demure cleavage. Yeah. It's super classy cleavage. Yeah. It's, you know, Victorian era whore. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That is, that's what I, that's, <laughs> that's my goal daily. I was going to say. Victorian era whore. Whenever someone asks me what my personal style is from here on out, yeah. Victorian era whore. I mean, that's not, if you look at what my dream mood board of clothing is. <laughs> it's not that far it's off. It's not far off. <laughs> I like it. It's not far off. Okay. There's a lot of vests. Yeah. You know? Okay. So this is apparently... One of the first times she's been out of base uniform in quite a while because I trust Carson noticing that more than Weir notices that. Yeah. And my gosh, for an episode where you kill off the heart of Atlantis, they have him laying on the charm real They're thick. They're gonna give it real hard. Episode. They're gonna tear your heart out after, by tearing their heart out. Yeah, they're just gonna pink mist. So Carson and McKay are going to go fishing on the mainland mm-hmm. and and asks Weir if she wants to go along. And Carson, look at her lunch date. Yeah. And he quickly catches on. She might as well be turning bright red. She's like, who, t- who told you? 
It's like, no one, I was joking, but I was right. Who is it? Yeah. Ha ha. I, you have to tell me now. Well, he would be the most, right after Taylor, the most intuitive. Oh, 100%. I think she could show up like that in front of John and Ronan and yeah. they'd be like, Nothing. Are you going back to work? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and as he gets the drift, he drifts away, mm-hmm. but not before telling her she smells real good. And she's like, shut up. I showered. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. So on their clearly not a date, Scruffy mm-hmm. and we are discussing which film is better when Harry met Sally or Annie Hall. Let's just put it out there right now. I'm dropping it's, the gauntlet. It's Harry neither. met Sally oh. is the winner. It's the only one I've seen. So sure. Yeah. I'll say that one. Oh, okay. But I mean, if you're to call it's neither, then it's neither for you. I I've seen in Harry Met Sally. It didn't do anything for me. Oh, I mean, it did for me what it did for Meg Ryan in that yeah in that lunchroom scene. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> I've seen it. I was like, okay, I don't need to see it again. No, I still. Uh, it's still a movie that Jesse and I will put on sometimes, just because. I think my problem was is is like many other things. I saw it after I knew there was a hype around it. That's that'll do it. I because I didn't see it until like I was in college or after college, and I kept hearing like, "Oh, and Harry met Sally," and it's that yeah, scene, and he, blah blah. And I watched, it and I was like, eh. "I get that." It's when you hype like that can ruin something, especially when you're someone apt to say like, "I don't need to love everything that yeah. everyone else likes." In fact, that sometimes makes me want to like it less. Manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> That, yes. you know that vibe yes yeah like oh i'm a manic pixie dream girl i only do what i want to do yeah <laughs> stop looking at me that way i didn't even do anything um so they disagree so this will clearly never work out as a relationship mm-hmm. we also learn that something uh, learn something about weird that she kind of does think that men and women can't just stay good friends which i thoroughly disagree with um, I think, oh, okay, this is a controversial opinion, but I'm going to put it no, out No, hey, it's fine. I think two single people actively looking for a love match of the opposite sex will have a difficult time being friends. If you're both looking. Yeah. And, and it's tough not to look over and be like, uh, is this a thing? Now- not all cases, because I definitely, I definitely, definitely think that there are people who can stay good friends, no, not date, yeah, while both being single. Now, here's the thing. That's my yeah. personal take. I also understand, and I think as a society, we've come to understand that sexuality is a spectrum. Super spectrum. So depending on where you are on that spectrum, it may be very simple for you. Exactly. To, to say these are friends. Yeah. Um, For some of us on a different end, mm-hmm. it could be that everything we see is an opportunity. <laughs> exactly. We could all be John Barrowman's character right now. I can't remember. Jack Harkness. Jack Harkness. You know? Just listen. Does it consent? I'm going That's for That's what it. I'm saying. And so I don't think it's a universal rule. I think yeah. it really depends on the people involved. Which, and I think, so I just think, it, interesting, we learned that about Weir, that Weir is someone who she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily see. I'm Jack Harkness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the doctor, I guess. He's more on the opposite yeah. side. Or I think River is pretty good about it. River, I'm definitely like, more River. She's like, this is what I like, and yeah. that's it. That's what I like. That's exactly that's it. If you're not Done. that, 
you can go. Bye. Yeah. Well, listen, great friend, we're going on lots of adventures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, There's no making out in those adventures. Whereas I'm like, I could be into that. we need to pull a con, yeah. then we'll make out for the con. Only for a tool to get what we need <laughs> exactly. out of this adventure. Uh, whereas I think my personality is like, I could be into that. Yeah. I could be into that too. Sure. What's over there? I could be into that as well. Mm-hmm. It's as adventurous as I am with my food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm calling back to a moment in this previous week's EXU. Okay. Early Which on. One? With the rope. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I could be into that. Exactly. I'm not saying no. Not saying no. Let's just, this is feel it situation yep. out. Um. So, where does where does all this leave Scruffy then? Yeah, if she's like, I can't date you, and and I probably can't just stay friends with you, she's like, well, that leaves you at lunch. Yeah, and he goes, well, he's got more game than that. He goes, fine, if lunch is all I get, we're gonna we're gonna make this a lunch with a capital yeah. L. We're gonna launch it up. Okay. And they end up at a balcony overlook the ocean. Yeah. On a bench. It is quite beautiful. Must be nice to have scenic views 360. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There is no non-beautiful overlook in this Seriously. City. Even if you're not looking at the ocean, anything you're looking at, you're like, that's pretty Look cool. Look at Lauren later in the episode. Yeah, exactly. So Weir finishes the very last of her Evian water. Oh, boy. And their lunch is finally over. And they regret they did not bring dessert. Hmm. And he tries to get a follow-up date. Because he likes her and he's extremely charming. Yeah. As he self-proclaims. And she tries to say nobody interrupts her. And she's like, look, I find that shit annoying. You keep interrupting me. He's like, no, I don't. I'm like, no. Fucking just interrupted me. Yeah. He goes, well, look, if I hadn't have interrupted you, we wouldn't be having lunch. Because life needs interrupting every once in a while. Yeah. And you know what? I'll, I'll respect for that. Because... Weir is not a demure, timid woman. No. She's, if you're going to wait for an opening, that's, that's you may never exist. get one. Nah. Yeah. Nah. And Sebastian might as well be singing off in the distance. Yeah. Okay. Because eventually they do lean in. They share a very, very nice first kiss. Yeah. Uh, and Weir is immediately overthinking everything. Yeah, yeah. She's going, it's that beautiful mind yeah. meme. Hundred <laughs> percent. I was like, I know that face. She is re- she is playing all possible outcomes. Yeah. Overthinking the, the shit only, out of this situation. The only bigger overthinker in this episode is McKay. Goes to McKay yeah. and Katie. Well, it gets in there too. Yeah. Um she's already playing worst case scenarios in her head, and that is when Chuck calls her up to the control room. Because there has been an explosion at the base of the tower Mm. near the gym. Three are dead. A dozen are severely injured. And all they know right now is that it was not an equipment malfunction, which by definition does not rule out a bomb. Yep. We then cut to five hour earlier. So five hour earlier. Five hour earlier. First thing. Yeah. This is where my mind went. Oh, Mike's an evil villain. Oh, they definitely. Here to distract Weir so that he could bomb the city. They 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 leave that as a nice red herring for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a he's a replicant. I don't know anything's possible. Um, but thank God that was not the case. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean I like where we went, but I like that he's you know just a dude. The end. Okay. So John, 
Yeah, there's no... This is not an episode... I do like this episode for there is not, like, a bad guy. There's no villain in this episode. It just sucks. Yeah. John is leading Ronan out to the driving range yeah. when they run into Taylor. Apparently, John was supposed to teach both of them about golf. Uh-huh. And I'm assuming Taylor did not accidentally forget, but purposely made other plans. I'm with Taylor. That sounds like the most boring thing in the world to me. Come at me, golf lovers. I don't care. Which at this point in the day is still lunch with Weir and finishing mission reports because, you know, it's her day off. Mm-hmm. I mean... I could cancel with our boss, John, if you really <laughs> want me to. And he's like, no, I'll just go teach Ronan. Ronan this whole time is like evil Eileen Taylor going, please Don't take me you with you. Don't you leave me alone here. <laughs> Remember, she wanted me to come too for this one. And uh, and after after Taylor leaves, Ronan's like, you know, I, I have mission reports to yeah. do. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go wash my hair. I don't, I don't know. Wait, does, has Ronan ever filed a mission report? Does he even know how? Like, if he even if he wanted to, would he even know where to start? Like, Teal'c, I can imagine, has mission reports. They're very succinct. Yeah. They're very to the point. Ronan's just like, we found a thing and I shot it. Yeah, no, and th- I think that's where you see the nuance and how different those two characters yes. are. Whereas Teal'c doesn't enjoy them any more than Ronan no. does. He just knows how to, like... Get something done quickly and efficiently so that yeah. he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Here's the points that other teams need to know. This is the formation they did. And, like, here's all the tactical shit yeah. that you would need to know in the mission report. Yeah. Like, if it's not tactical stuff, it's probably not a ton in his report. Yeah, there's not a lot of color in there. No. But it's done. It's, it's Ikea instructions of a <laughs> mission report. Ronin's are just like, we did it was boring. And then finally yeah. something attacked us. Ronins are very colorful, but very useless. And then we killed it. And they're maybe half a page yeah. for like a week-long mission. Yeah, yeah. They're very interesting. I, I, so only Nixie will understand this. I feel like if you ask Donnie to yeah. make a mission report, yep. it would look like Ronins. Donnie is my current D&D character. There you go. <laughs> and Sam's would just be sketches... Oh, I think it'd be the same as McKay's. Only the science things. Only the science things, and then, and then like tangent off onto possibilities of how things could explode. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so from a low shot looking back at Atlantis, we see John sink a golf ball into the ocean. But I do love that shot. It's a beautiful shot. Yeah. It's him and Watson at the Atlantis driving range, apparently sponsored by Callaway. <laughs> Which I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. That is the least likely product placement I could possibly envision in Stargate. But I, I guess it works. I mean, yeah. What a dumb They're waste. They're clearly of... showing Callaway on there. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of a more wasteful thing to do though out there than to just lob balls into I'm the water. Assuming like once a month they send a puddle jumper out with a little like scoopy and then try to get some of the golf balls back. I guess, yeah. I just hope there's no like native turtles eating those balls and then dying. N- none of those people have checked for that. You okay. know for a fact, yeah. none of those people have checked for that. Dummies. There's like one marine biologist on Atlantis She's who's pissed. like, guys, can we stop? Please stop. Or she's like, a net? A surface net would be fine? Yeah. <laughs> Something that's like five feet under the water? Anyway. Ronan is clearly bored. 
Mm-hmm. This is a sport. <laughs> you hit a ball as yeah. far as you can. And no, John explains golf. Yeah. So this is a, a water hazard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a real big one. And since they don't have a course yet and they just have a driving range, yes. For for now, they're just hitting tiny balls. Another controversial opinion. Into the water. I already don't care for golf. I don't enjoy it. Driving ranges seem even more pointless to me. You're literally just smacking the ball. And I understand how hypocritical that is. Yeah. Because I like a good batting cage. (laughs) Which is the same thing. (laughs) But I don't care. But I also would prefer if there were like... A catching cage yeah. where you just catch ground balls all day. Well, and that's, I would do that, and that's why there's um, and I don't remember the name of them, um, but a bunch of people went to it before our wedding, and I don't remember it. There's some driving ranges where they're like hit here for points. Oh hit yeah, here for points. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, hit but it's not points. a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have tried to play golf. I have family members who are very into golf. Yeah, um, I've tried chip and putt. They tried to get me to enjoy golf. Um, I like driving the golf cart around <laughs> while other people golf. I once um, was in charge of golf carts for as a job for two weeks. I used to, I used to watch golf on TV a lot, but that was only because I got to sit on the couch with my grandfather. Nice. And so you know, there's a thing. Yeah. It was less about the golf. More about the grandfatherness More of it all. More about the grandfatherness of it all. Yeah. Um, you know, John makes it look easy, but he's been playing since he was six. Mm. And it takes years to develop a sweet <laughs> swing like this. By the way, Doesn't that is John background clue drop number one in this episode. He played golf. Since he was six. Yeah. Not everyone starts playing golf at six. That's true. I do have one niece who did. Yeah. But that's like a school thing? Because that's a thing now. It is a thing now but in some areas. back when John was little. So did John grow up rich? Because to me that sounds like a rich kid. That thing. is that is something that you could... Interesting. It is, I think, a window. I'm going to take a drink and you oh. can just ponder what that means. Interesting. Uh, phenom. I'm going to go with Phenom. He was a Phenom. Child. Um, so Ronan... After flexing his club to the point where it looks like it should be breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, just single-handedly happy Gilmore's the shit out of that ball with no <laughs> effort. I do love that. that. And I'll tell you, he... Like, in comparison to Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore, you, like, don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Like, yeah. somehow it doesn't seem like there's any form to it. You know, Ronan's has form. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna whack this thing far. Uh-huh. Anyway. You don't hear a splash. No. Watson is in awe. John's trying to hide his awe and is like, well, it's not, it's, it's not a distance game. It's an accuracy it, one. Though? He's fine. Like, pick a fucking spot. I'll, I'll, I'll hit shoot the it spot. There. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And that's when Carson comes in. Yeah. I love him preemptively just stopping Watson's tracks. I am off duty today. I don't give a shit about any of your pains. Go talk to, to I do love, yeah. I do love that. Um, because, I think I would do that. Yeah. Oh, look, it's the doctor. I keep meaning to see you. Yeah, and now you're nah, here. Nah, fuck off. <laughs> Carson wants to invite either one of them to go fishing with him and McKay. It's the sport of kings. <laughs> John's like, I thought horse racing sport of kings. He goes, boring kings. Yeah, dumb kings. <laughs> Jesus. And we learned that just because you are Scottish does not mean you're going to like golf. Yeah. 
And he's when, like, I don't have to fit into your stereotypes. Exactly. Yeah. And when John passes for both men, Ronan may actually want to go fishing. You don't know. Yeah. Probably does. Person, I, I think he would prefer fishing to golfing. Yeah. Because then you could actually kill a thing. Because you could eat it. Well, you can, yeah, eat and kill. Yeah. I mean, what more does Ronan want? Um, And Carson thinks, you know, they're going to be jealous when he returns with the record-breaking space trout. Oh, boy. And once Carson leaves, Ronan is done with this. Um, it's you think time a for space real trout has like double fin tails or something? You know, we do not know what the animal life on their planet is. I want it to be like those super crazy looking ones, like it's lime green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, instead of like a silvery color. You know well, I, mean? I can imagine the lime green ones might be out in the ocean. It does sound like he's going like freshwater fishing. That's true. Maybe when you cut open, it's lime green. I just want, I just want like the equivalent of white fish. <laughs> I like a good salmon. I do like salmon. Yeah. But I like white fish because I can't get it down here. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and so they're going to go play a real sport. And after Ronan leaves, yes, John does try Ronan's quote unquote technique, but it does not work for him. <laughs> And if you didn't think I wasn't going to just go slightly into the history of golf. Oh, give it to me. You were wrong. Let's do it. So modern golf does have its origins in Scotland. Mm -hmm. But I mean, people have been playing sports where you hit things with sticks for like (laughs) ever. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine how far can you hit a ball with a stick is like fundamental sports. The first game ever. Yeah. (laughs) The first game ever. Um. Yeah. 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 So, but the, it was organized into the game, sort of, we recognize as golf in Scotland in the 15th century. And early games were very informal. You kind of just played in wide open spaces that you could put yeah. a hole and hit. So frequently it's, you know, pastures where there's sheep and goats. That and, makes sense. And just pre... Sheeps and goats become your hazards. Exactly. <laughs> it's the sheep hazard. Yeah. And there was there was a hot second when James II banned it because oh. he thought it was pe- distracting people from like archery and like warfare training. Oh, please. And then James IV really liked it. So he's like unbanned. How cool if golf had become something you could use in warfare? I know. I mean, those golf clubs, you can take someone out. Hells yeah. Yeah. The most famous golf course, well, I say it's the most famous because it's the one I know the most, is the old course at St. Andrews. Okay. Um, it was in 1764. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach! <laughs> I mean, I th- probably more people know Pebble Beach at this than point. Yeah. the old course sure. at St. Andrews, but in 1764, <laughs> it was where the first, like, 18-hole golf course was made. Nice. Um, I mean, the quote-unquote new course. Okay. Was made in 1895, but... <laughs> <laughs> nice. The, the, the new one was made in... I will say this. Golf courses at least look really cool. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Um, And the first golf club here in the U.S. was St. Andrew's Golf Club in New York. Oh. And I did not write it down, but I'm pretty sure it was in the late 1800s as well. And besides Mary Queen of Scots kind of enjoying it for a hot second when she was, like, you know, alive and shit... Um. <laughs> Women didn't get to play golf. Jesus. And because they didn't have the strength or ability, naturally, to mm. play golf. 
Of all the sports that require strength, I don't know that the one hitting tiny balls <laughs> well, it's is the, the one. It's the back strength, you know. Women, sure. this their spine. That's why they had to wear corsets because so women's spines. So your vagina doesn't fall out while you ride a bicycle. Um, uh, if you're looking for some laughter oh, regarding yeah protecting women from themselves <laughs> and their internal organs. Check out the dollops oh women and transportation episode. That is still one of my favorite episodes I of the dollop that's that ever the existed. <laughs> uh, it, the, I could do a whole history of like women fighting to play the sport of golf. God. But I won't. Yeah. Just know that like soccer, women are still fighting to be like equal in the sport. Fair. And don't get me started on women's soccer. Don't. <laughs> No, well, yeah, just yeah, women in sports. In I'll general. just leave it at uh, at 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 which U.S. team made it into the Olympics? In oh, soccer? right. Mm, yeah. Okay. okay, so back to Ronan's fun sport. Yes, back yeah. in the gym. <laughs> yeah, it's capture one. the flag, but the flag is hanging from the other guy's pants. <laughs> and you spar with a boken. Yeah, and there's no rules. <laughs> I mean, the rules, like... Get the flag. Yeah. Simple. I mean, if one guy bites you, you just bite him back. Yeah. I, so when I was doing my 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 rewatch, um, husband Jesse walked into the room during this part, and he goes, uh-huh. what's happening? <laughs> and I'm like, they're playing a game. Yeah. And he goes, I thought they were friends. I was like, they're playing a game. Yeah. He goes, what's this game? I was like, Ronan's basically a Spartan. Yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. That makes sense. It's a fighting game. (laughs) I here's the beauty. I legitimately have no clue Uh if this is actually a Satan sport. No, he's made this up from the (laughs) Satan sport. It's just fucking with them. Like it's not a Satan sport in in some official manner. It's something that the kids do. On the playground type Uh thing. Um, it's like uh, yeah. I think it's like some random thing that like no one's supposed to do, but it's fun to do. So you're doing it. Yeah. So quickly, Ronan gets John's flag. Yeah. He goes two out of three. Well, the the, the round two is now one handed because just like badly, you can always get hurt. So each round gets harder. You know, I'm going to give Shepard credit here. He yeah. said, hey, maybe let me get better at round one before we get into round two. No, no. I totally get that. That that vibe see and i okay this is gonna go back into some college nixie history uh-huh. um but and i don't know if this is what the actual name of it is in any way shape and form it's what we called it in my tiny school in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Oh boy. we used to go into the forest and we called it amp guard and oh. everyone i made one but some people had supplied a whole bunch so you tended to borrow one made Swords, spears, even a bow and arrow. Larping. You guys were larping. It wasn't larping because I've also tried that. This was there was no characters behind it. Okay. It was it was just the battle part of larping. Got it. Um, we used basically it was we did play capture the flag or last man standing, and if you got hit in the arm, it was on you to like take one arm away or one leg away, and if you got three limbs down, basically you were dead. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just us running around in the woods <laughs> with PVC surrounded by foam, foam, uh, pool foam, and then duct tape weapons. 
Like, I mean, I it an, sounds like fun. Like, I got an arrow to the eye. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, well, because it's all foam. Exactly. Yeah. So the best part, and this was fantastic. We They used to show movies on campus. Okay. In, the, in one of the giant lecture halls. And so it was Sunday nights. So one Sunday night, they showed The Last Samurai. Oh, okay. So as we let loose, the, the movie ended, and we all came into the courtyard of the, of the college. The same group was there. And just had thrown a whole bunch of weapons all over the courtyard. <laughs> and so it basically turned into a super impromptu last man standing with a bunch of people who both just lawn lookers going, who the fuck do I go to college with? And What's then a happening? bunch of other people just grabbing swords. I was wearing my cloak because I wore a cloak all through college because <laughs> of course I did. Why not? Um, yeah. They kept getting my cloak instead of me. And nice. so it was a great, I understood maybe why it's people were cloaks. It's a cloak. In, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, this is the point of cloaks in battle. Yeah. Um, it was real fun. Nice. Uh, and so that's, this is what it reminded me of because if you get hit in the arm, then you had to essentially lose that arm. Yeah. I would cheat. At that game. <laughs> I need to be held accountable. That's why sports like baseball are for me. Because everyone can see what you're doing. You can't hide. <laughs> um, so John lasts a little bit longer with the one-handed round. Um, but Rona does get the flag after. He puts a knee to John's gut. Yeah. And um, Captain America was just coding Ronan. When he goes, I can do this all day. <laughs> it's true. Round three is one leg, one hand. Oh, jeez. And that's when John's like, this is bullshit. Yeah, we're done now. This is not, you're bullshitting me. You just want to kick my ass and make me look dumb. Um, but he does fight and then he goes down real hard. Real hard. Real, real ouch. This game sucks. And no, he doesn't just have to focus. He, John has another idea. How about let's play a drinking game instead? Back in John's room, we find John teaching Ronan how to smash beer cans on his forehead. Exactly. It's yeah. <laughs> worse feet. Beer, snacks, music, magazines about surfing. Like, mm -hmm. this is John's style of the day off. Yeah. So, John is going to stick to golf as a sport because Ronan's sport is too much like his day job. <laughs> and uh, we learn that Ronan has been here a year and a half. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And he doesn't really, like hang out with anyone besides John and Taylor? Why would he? Everybody else is dumb. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and he's not really ready to be dating anyone yet because we know more about Ronan's backstory than John yeah. does. At no point this year and a half has it come up to mention to John that he was a base, close enough to married yeah. and, and like lost someone on Satino. It's interesting. It's almost like everyone on this base just kind of put that on the back burner. Oh, yeah. Just the idea of, like, you know, relationships in general mm -hmm. was mostly back burner fodder. Even yeah. those who were sort of interested in people, which yeah. we'll learn a little later. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, cool. And then they never talk about that. And again. it's one of those where even if there might be a relationship, it's, it's such, like, cautious, slow, like, tread carefully situations yeah even if you had the time to yeah. devote which no one here does oh everyone here works like 120 hours a week what's more surprising to me and mind you if this show had been on a different network it would have been like this <laughs> is that it wouldn't be so much lack of relationships and lack of anything it would yeah. be like everyone's just fucking everyone's fucking everyone's with each other. fucking all there the time there's just there's just instead like 
outside the infirmary is just a giant fishbowl of condoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it can go one of two ways. Either everyone's doing nothing or yep. you're just no time for relationships. We could all die tomorrow. Yep. Fuck Comfort fucking. Yeah. Um, but that is the extent of the relationship when he was like, no, basically married. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Done. Yeah. Um, and we learned that John was married. Interesting. We're learning a lot about John. And he was not good at it. No, I believe that. Uh, and we also learned that Ronan ships John and Taylor with a I'm grin on his this. face. Here's what I wonder about John and relationships. Was he just disconnected or was he unfaithful? Was he just not present? Which one do you think it was? Um, okay, I have a theory. Okay. And I'm trying to say this without giving spoilers into we do learn a bit more about John's backstory. Oh, interesting. I have a theory that he was not emotional. Like, he wasn't he, an adult yet. He, well, he, a, he wasn't an adult yet. And it was like, I got married because that was what, what was supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, considering what we later learn, I kind of think that's sort of what the situation was. Interesting. Yeah. But I also ship John and Taylor. I mean, I'm with you, Ronan. A lot of people ship Ronan and Taylor. Yeah. Or, sorry, John and Taylor. Sorry, that was a pretty I mean, that's slip another there. ship, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and. That's when we hear and feel the explosion from their point of view. And John doesn't know how to walk around his bed, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> no. Every time he has to go from one side of the room to the other, he's going over the he's bed. He's like one of those Duke boys. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, must go over car, through car window. Somehow, we cannot just uh, step out of car. So by the time they get there, Carson is already doing his Carson thing. Full on triage. We see as Taylor is brought in on a stretcher at the same time. Mm -hmm. And what is troubling is when John asks Carson if Taylor is going to be all right, Carson just keeps walking. Yeah. He's like, we're not going to talk about this right now. Now listen, he has seen Taylor for not even a couple seconds. And I know he's not going to be promising anything, but like Carson doesn't say anything. Yeah. Not even I like. I think he's just so focused. Yeah. He's just so focused. Yeah. Once they're gone, they check with Roddick, who has been investigating when he can. He had a very high role on investigation. Mm -hmm. There was an explosion, yes, but the tower structure is intact. Nothing's going to be collapsing. The weird part is, is that people are like, yeah, Dr. Houston just blew up. Yikes. Um, just blew up. Yeah. Yikes. And there's no sign of explosive residue. So it wasn't a suicide bomb. And when Zelenka has no idea what's going on. That's when I worry. Yeah, and the fact that he's not like, it could be this. He's like, I have no fucking clue. I have no idea. Yeah. It's his way of like shutting. He's like, literally, this is crazy. 14 hour earlier. Dun, dun, dun. McKay's in his blue bathrobe, chastising Watson and Houston in the infirmary. Carson's doing his thing in the background. I like how this bathrobe is just the perfect amount of like frazzled. <laughs> this bathrobe is 100% exactly Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. It's just the right <laughs> amount of like frazzly. There's nothing sexy about it. No, it's this just... is full on Arthur Dens. Yeah. <laughs> so McKay is worked up. He's mad. He was woken up in the middle of the night. He's usually doing all the important stuff, so he can't be micromanaging all the things, the, yeah. the, the, you know, the little projects. Yeah. Why these people have freedom 
these scientists do the scientist thing, um, but there's rules and protocols to protect your sorry little existences. Sure. Uh, these two were out on a routine cataloging trip in some abandoned ancient labs, and they activated something, mm-hmm. but they don't really know what it was. Yeah. And Dr. Houston points out that, dude, you fucking do this shit all the time. Yeah. But McKay has a point here. He does. He's like, yes, I do this, but I am, like, not a novice level scientist. And while you're here on Atlantis, you are not at my level. I have fucked up enough that I know how to fix my fuck ups. Yeah. Um, If you could fix this for yourself, that'd be one thing, but you can't. They're like, look, the moment we realize it's emitting radiation, we turn it off. He's like, congratulations, my four-year-old niece can figure out that if it's emitting radiation, you You turn turn it it off. off. Yeah. I mean, he's probably not wrong about his niece, yeah. but it's not your average four-year-old that will no. know that. No. Yeah. <laughs> the average four-year-old doesn't know what radiation is. Yeah. They're just like, look at the shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so McKay has been yelling this whole time. So it's really nice when Carson's like, hey, can you like take it down a notch? Yeah. You're in my house now. Yeah. Can we're kind to people here. <laughs> You've stepped in to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. Take it down a notch. Yeah. Um, and he does this, he did scans, his tests, and the two of them are going to be fine. They're going to test again in 24 hours, mm-hmm. but go home. And after chastising more, McKay's like, well, just take tomorrow off. And she's like, um, we already have tomorrow off. I do want to give credit to McKay here, though. Yeah. Because he isn't saying that in some, like, facetious way. Yeah. He is genuinely is like, right, these are people. I just yelled at them. Take a yeah. day off. He's not, he doesn't remember that they have a day off. Nope. This is, so credit to McKay for wanting to do something nice after yelling at them and being a piece of shit. <laughs> but um, still. And, and McKay then suddenly realizes that tomorrow is the day he's supposed to go fishing with Carson. Oh, right. As Carson mimes fishing to him. <laughs> Clearly McKay is not as excited nope. about fishing. As Carson is. Yikes. The next morning, McKay checks his breath before heading in to see Katie. Yeah. In the botany lab. Haven't seen her in a while. And she's still working, which is weird because it's a day off. Um, But she has to nurse these little baby ferns they found Mm because they're super fragile and they're going to die if left alone. Yeah. He's like, they're fucking ferns. Easy, buddy. And that's literally just the girl you like. Look at seeing the look at her face. He realizes that was super not the right thing to say and just tries to backtrack real hard. Yeah. You dumb dumb. (laughs) It's like if they're like, it's just fucking science. Who cares? Anyone can do it. Yeah. You just turn buttons on and off. Yeah. Apparently these ferns make a special enzyme that might cure leukemia. Yeah. So even if it were, it's not even just her love of these animals no. and plants yeah uh this is actual important stuff yeah so that's a thing um katie thought mckay had plans with carson he's like i did um i need a reason to break those plans mm-hmm. because mckay can't think of her worst way to spend the day than standing in water up to his hips <laughs> they're going like listening to carson yeah I mean, I can think of worse ways. I can think of plenty of worse things to do. It's not my favorite. I'm no. not a big fan of fishing either. But I can think of worse ways. So when someone says, do you want to go fishing next month? Next month, next words, next month seems really far away. Same. And there's going to be like things that can come up that you can get out of that. Uh-huh. But now 
he's stuck because it's the day. Yep. And he was hoping a quote-unquote date with Katie would be an excuse. But she has to babysit Burns. Yeah. So, I'm also going to give McKay credit here. That's super romantic to be like, well, let me go get lunch and we'll babysit the ferns together. I mean, there is something to that. Yeah. Uh, I wish his motives were a little more intentional. I completely agree. But it is... But... It is something. And and based on the conversation that happens a little later, uh, it's not like Katie doesn't know this about him. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's super sweet regardless of how it came out. Mm-hmm. So while gathering lunch, McKay yeah. does spot Weir and Scruffy. Yep. Carson comes in, assuming McKay is grabbing lunch for the two of them. He had the same idea. Great thoughts, buddy. And Aww. and McKay just breaks the news to him. You know, Katie was laying on the guilt about how she gets the one day off. And like McKay's out jet setting to go sport fishing with his best bud. And like, while they don't see very much of each other, McKay and Katie are dating. I mean, technically. <laughs> and McKay's like, next week we'll go fishing. And Carson knows that's a lie, but yeah. fine. Carson grabs himself a lunch and heads off to find someone else to go fishing with him while McKay waits and silently cheers. Yeah. Boy, that's going to suck later. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to think about the, the regret. Yep. Yeah. That's not going to feel for, great. We'll get there. But for a man who already self-blames himself for way too much uh-huh. shit. Yeah. You really stepped in it now, bud. So on McKay and Katie's date, it's actually really nice. And she calls McKay. McKay. Yeah. On McKay's gate date date. McKay. McKay. <laughs> she calls back to their first date, which is when he had another consciousness in his head. Mm-hmm. And apparently McKay is very embarrassed by that and avoided her for a few months, which I get it. Yeah. I get it. Imagine having a girlfriend you avoid for a few months. What the <laughs> hell? Well, I don't know. You know, that was a first date. Sure. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. But then you're also stuck on a city where there's only a couple hundred of you. Imagine trying to avoid someone that you really like (laughs) after a a weird first date on a city where you are forced to run into the. The fact that he made it for months (laughs) is something. But recently it's actually going really well. Mm -hmm. And that's when McKay decides to just crank up the awkward scale. And he's like, you know, really seeing my sister married and happy, you know, kids and everything, family, made me realize that I want to get married. And Katie's like, come, come, come again. Come, huh? Yeah. Come again? Panic. Um, Panic. He's like, no, 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 not, not to you. Oh. And it just, it just tanks. It just spirals. It's like every bad, every bad way he could have phrased that came out. <laughs> he could have easily said, in the future... I see myself wanting those things. Oh, it's just the the worst panic buttons. There's there's he just keeps digging deeper. Yeah. And deeper. And de- Kate, thankfully Katie gets McKay. Yeah. Saves him from yeah. the spiraling depths. Yeah. Um McKay really likes Katie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Katie likes him too is real baffling. Real confusing shit. I mean, other people find it weird too. I no one no one gets it. <laughs> yeah. And uh he's really afraid that when she gets to know him and Katie's like, uh, dude, you don't have what people would call subtext. You're not an onion. <laughs> I'm pretty 
baby. You've got all layer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I fully get you. <laughs> You're like an apple. <laughs> pretty sure, completely understand who you are. A grape, maybe. <laughs> no layers. What is the thinnest skinned fruit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and right when he gets up, he stands up. He looks at you, Sebastian, starts singing again. <laughs> they're about to they're about to have a probably a real nice kiss is when the explosion goes off. Yay. And then back and, in time again. Yeah, we start doing some jumpies. Um, because at the end of the conversation earlier we saw with um Roddick and John and Ronan, McKay radios in that they're gonna want to see this. And this lab. He's explaining things as he processes them. Mm -hmm. So Houston and Watson found the lab and they turned shit on. And what it was, was a weapon. They saw radiation, they turned it off. Carson cleared them, yes, but the ancients abandoned this weapon because it affected everyone. Listen, ancients. How about a warning sign? How about destroying the machine? Don't open, dead inside. A sign... Anything. Like some police tape. Yeah. Something. Deactivate. Like Don't maybe just, just a big sign that says this device will explode people. Yeah. This one's a note. Or put it into the notes somewhere. Anything. Oh, man. So it creates explosive tumors. It's like finding poison next to like a glass of water. Yeah. And being like, oh, that's poison. And then putting it right back next to the glass of water mm -hmm. again. Dummies? Okay. It creates explosive tumors. It's actually horribly ingenious. Yeah. As the radiation and as your body, the particles are going to collect behind your lungs. But as they get to there, they gather a trace amount of elements because you do have, like, minerals, heavy elements yep. in your body because we are all made of motherfucking star stuff, bitches. Yay. Um, And as it gets there, they gathers all explosive compounds that are completely harmless when they're Magic. <laughs> Uh, and they, so they need to find Watson like yesterday. Mm -hmm. Guess is, guess guess where Watson is. He has a pretty fucked up leg. He's in the Yay. OR and he is Carson's next patient. Yay! This is fine. Two hours earlier, um, after McKay ditches Carson, he goes to find someone who will go fishing with him. Mm -hmm. Um, which this again, this whole time I'm like, I'll go fishing with you, Carson. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'll go fishing. <laughs> he goes to ask Roddick, who's playing chess. Yeah. And winning. I love to see him, like, how smug he is about it, basically. He's like, no, no, I've got some ass kicking to yeah. do and um, some self-esteem boosting to do for myself. Because, like, no one can beat him. I mean, I'm not surprised. No. And I would love to see him and John play, though. I would like to see that. Because we know course, that John's did. Of course there is an Atlantis chess club. <laughs> yeah. I would like to. I don't know, because I'm sure John's not in it. So I would be very curious to see if Radek and John have played chess before. Yeah. I I, I don't see him being in the club just because he doesn't have time no. for it. Also, he's not someone who would join a chess club. That's fair. Yeah. Regardless of if he has time or not. Yeah. Um, but Roddick would Roddick would go fishing. I mean, he would actually really enjoy that. But they're playing for trades today. Yeah. <laughs> and no one can beat him. So he's already won a desk fan. Dr. Malozzi, name check. Yeah. His anime 
collection and a coupon for a Swedish massage from Dr. Ambrose, and they both eye waggle at that one. <laughs> Which is a little creepy in so many ways. One, that Dr. Ambrose is handing out massages <laughs> to whoever read. Unless, unless it's like, look, Zelenka's gonna win. Yeah. This is the prize I'm putting on the table. Here's the other thing. So the only way that I can... My also thought behind this is like Dr. Ambrose might be like a chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Because and because you know on Atlantis, it would be really nice if someone just again Swedish massages. Yeah, would be that's nice. That's true. Yeah, someone who has that skill—that's like a bonus skill. <laughs> and maybe it's one of those where he only does like. It's a side thing. It's not his main thing. Even he's not the chiropractor. Yeah. He's skilled. She's skilled. Whoever it may be. Oh, yeah. In my mind, I just assume that it's a woman like based super, on the eye waggles. Super hot blondes. Just because we know that both of I these know. men are straight. Yeah. I was inflicting but, my yeah. own thoughts totally. in there. But it's one of those where this is this is my side, my, my head cannon behind this. Mm-hmm. It's a skill she has. Yeah. Trained or not. But she's like only does like a couple of informal appointments a week. I think I think it's like in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. When they're doing the basket thing at Stars Hollow. It's like, you know who you want to get your basket. That too. I think that's what it is. That could she also be She knows who she wants to give this massage mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. She is confident that that person it's is going to win Zalanka. that massage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm putting this in there. And she just like, I check Zelenka. Yeah. She's like, I waggling back at him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, as Carson leaves, Zelenka gets checkmate. I do say, I do want to say that Zelenka at least is the one person who was like genuinely like, I would love to go fishing. Yes. And I believe him. I do. I yeah. 100%. We know he has freaking homing pigeons. Yes, true. Yeah. He would I'd love to go fishing. Yeah. Okay. So here's my headcanon. There is a woman in yellow behind them oh reading yeah. a book okay and she's reading but she's looking in their direction and then as soon as Roddick gets checkmate she looks up yeah she's into it is that dr ambrose oh i see that i've decided it is <laughs> i like your head cannon going yep that's right you me later um this isn't creepy at all <laughs> Only a little bit creepy, but we're doing it. We're, we're here, here now. now. We're here now. We're invested. So then I will say another person who I definitely think would legitimately go fishing under Dickens circumstances, he goes to find Lorne. Yeah. Well, first, doesn't he? Oh, you know, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Lorne's first. And who is beautifully and unexpectedly out painting the city. Yeah. And he's good. One qualm with this, but I'll wait till That's you're done. That's fine. That's fine. His mom was an art teacher, and so this is what they used to do together on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he joined the Air Force, so yeah. not a ton of time to paint early in his career. But now he's stuck on Atlantis, and like, you don't not have views. Yeah, so yeah, you got nothing up. but views. Um, his sleeves are rolled down, <laughs> and he is so clean. He's so clean. Two things that I'm like, you're not this good. <laughs> Nobody yeah. in the world is this good. No one doesn't get paint on them. In fact, if I remember correctly, the sleeves are not only rolled all the way down, 
They're like light in color. Like Bob Ross doesn't even not get paint yeah, on bra, him. Yeah, bra, come on. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but there's pretty much no chance of Kirsten getting him to the mainland. If Kirsten found him earlier in the day, had McKay canceled on him earlier and he found Lauren, he probably would have, but he's already here. He's already painted. Yep. I love, for some reason, I love the line when Kirsten's like, well, it looks done to me. <laughs> he's like, well, that's why I am the painter and you are the doctor. And I don't know if it's just Kevin Smith's face while he's saying it. Uh-huh. It could very well just be Kevin Smith's face. I mean, it's a good face. Period. Yeah. It's a good face. So when But it is a true line. 100 percent Working with enough artists. Yeah. Um, I've learned that because even me, I'm impatient. I'm like, I think it's done. And even I'm above what yeah. I would say non-artist level. <laughs> Uh, you know, you get the people who are like, not done yet. I'm like, it's done enough. <laughs> Let's call it a day. Um, and then Carson walks by Dr. Biro's room and immediately <laughs> regrets everything just in kidding. his life. Just kidding. Don't You know, don't she want was this. just thinking about Carson and like maybe she's psychic because then he just appeared. And if you ever get that, and Carson just home or oh Simpsons God. Oh his God. way. I gotta go. I nope, abort, <laughs> abort, abort. I would at this point I'd be like, I'm just gonna go by myself. Yeah. But Carson doesn't want to go by himself because here's the thing about fishing. If I know anything about fishing, Mm -hmm. and I keep going fishing, (laughs) if I know anything about fishing, most of it is not necessarily the fishing parts. Sure. Most of fishing is whether you are someone who specifically goes fishing to be out quiet on your own with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sure like Carson and like me, you go fishing in order to spend time with someone. Yeah. Drink some beers. It's meditative or it's social. Exactly. That's fair. None of these people are fishing, which is why Ronan would probably be confused. Because like the only times Ronan goes fishing is when I uh, he needs to to eat eat food. Yeah. He's like a bear. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm not here to meditate. I'm here to eat food. You know what? Honestly, he might just be there at the waterfall, like at the little little rapids, barehanded, trying to catch a fish. Yeah, yeah. That's how he fishes. Um, So having given up, Carson is back to the infirmary, and he figures he's just going to catch him a paper for the first time in over a year. And Dr. Cole is surprised to see him there. uh, And it doesn't take a cleric to see that she's dealing with a migraine. I will say that she is a terrible migraine actor. Yes, she this is. is a person who's never had a migraine. No, the fact that she's making eye contact is a sign. This, that this would person... be me, pre- like going, "Oh, I have a migraine." Yeah, like a <laughs> migraine. You're not looking. First of all, you're not looking up, um, and you're not like. It's so hard to look. Period. Like yeah. the out of focus eyes is one of the first signs for me. Like I can't. I can't look straight. I, it, anyway, it's, it's might be one of those where it's like I have a bad headache. It's a migraine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know she can't take the good stuff because she's on call, right? And she wasn't going to dare call Carson. All he's been talking about for two weeks. Oh, is I know. Going I love this. She's so McKay. sweet about it. Um, but he's not going anywhere, so she can go get some rest. And she mm-hmm. thinks him, and they hug, and it's just like, no, this is sucks. It's yeah. just this is no. gonna be a suck. I will say when we watched this, when we first started seeing Carson going on person to person, I do remember you very clearly sitting next to me going, "If they fucking hurt Carson, yeah, They're, yeah." I believe was the exact quote. Well, and I'll tell you, I ran into a um, 
I felt this episode coming together and I'll get into this later because it, it, it's got a, a a same vibe as a Grey's Anatomy episode. That's what you were saying. Yeah. But I was like, I know it's going to happen. I know now. Which was nice. My brain gave me some sort of little protection. But anyway. <laughs> so Carson continued. He wraps up a sprained ankle of someone since she had to play volleyball in sandals because it makes sense. If you're not high up the food chain, getting things from Earth is difficult. What did you play barefoot before you play in sandals? I, I mean, I would play all sports barefoot and yeah. give it a chance. So Because it's, there's no kicking involved in volleyball. No. So I would probably play barefoot. I do, especially because you play volleyball on the beach barefoot all the time. Yeah. But if they're playing more organized sort of indoor volleyball, there is a fairly high chance of rolling your ankle if you land wrong. If you're like one of the front jumpy people. Yeah. I guess I, I would be concerned that I would roll my ankle more in a sandal than I would yes, barefoot. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but then the explosion goes off and Carson flips into triage mode, calls everyone he can in and immediately heading out to wherever he's needed. He's good. He's good at getting into that mode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so we get the same scene again. Him, John, Ronan, right after the explosion, Taylor's mm-hmm. brought in. And this time we actually see, we stick with Taylor and Carson and we see Taylor wake up and see Carson and Carson takes her hand and tells her what happened, and he's going to patch her up easy peasy. Oh. He can do this in his sleep. And if I was Taylor in that moment, I'd be like, yeah, I'm completely safe I'm now. Fine. I'm going to pass yeah. out. Yeah. Go to sleep now. Like, it's not one of those, you. I'm not worried. This Carson's is, this here. This is a stormy when yeah. the humans are on the couch. Yeah. Like, I'm fine now. I'm fine. I'm just going to pass out, this. and I'm going to wake up, and everything's going to be yeah. fine. Little does she know. Little did she know. So we jump to the end of Taylor's surgery. Carson is fucking good at what he does. Taylor's going to be fine. And they get ready for the next person. I do like they don't make you head surgeon if you're all thumbs. Yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> um, and we get we jump back to the end of McKay explaining what's going on. And that they have to find Watson. He could explode at any moment. Mm-hmm. Cut to Watson coming into the OR. And that Yay. scene, and McKay over the intercom to the whole city looking for Watson, and Carson sends Maria, we eventually learn her name is Maria, by the way, Yeah. Um, to see what that's on about. And when cool. McKay realizes, he's like, put a radio in that man's ear. Yep. Somebody right now. Explains to Carson everything that's going on as quickly as he can. He's like, you need to... All of you need to get the fuck out of there. We're sending an ordinance disposal team. Carson's like, that's cute. I'm not leaving this man. That's murder. He he orders everyone else to clear the floor. He's enacting protocol seven for the whole floor. Mm -hmm. Um, But Marie. Code black. Code black. If you watch Grey's Anatomy. Code explosion. Yeah. Um, But Marie is like, I ain't leaving. And you don't have time to fight about this. So. Yeah. He doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. And he locks the floor. He specifically turn like grabs her and goes, Thank you. Mm-hmm. And they start to remove the tumor. Yeah. McKay and John see the lockdown from his lab. McKay is trying to talk Carson out of this, but you, you know, you don't know how much time you have. Dr. Houston already exploded. Carson's like, Well then stop wasting my time. Then stop talking while I do this. Uh instead, John's like tries the what if the explosion causes structural damage to the tire tower angle i mean yeah which is very sound yeah and but to carson sending him to the other side of the city and leaving him there to explode is just murder right which he took an oath yep 
it it, it would be basically letting this person die. In the Grace Anatomy episode, mm-hmm. um, it plays out a little differently. There's 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 more. You know, obviously they're in a hospital, so there's multiple ORs. One person has ordinance in their body, and there's another doctor who won't evacuate his OR because yeah. he's like, "I have a man with his head flap open. Yeah, if I leave, if we evacuate, yep. this man dies. Exactly. So I don't give a fuck what's happening next door. Yeah, I'm doing a thing. Fixing this man. You yeah. do your thing. I do my thing. So. Carson pulls a Dr. McDreamy in this moment. Okay. Carson McDreamy. Carson McDreamy. Um, McKay yells that Watson's already dead, and Carson yells back, fuck you. Yeah, don't. Basically. That's not how that works here. <laughs> um, and John can't order Carson to stand down, because mm-hmm. uh, CMO has definite powers over things. Yep. And... He's like, look, you have the bomb people standing by and I'm going to open the floor when I have the bomb out of him. But like, shut up and let me do my thing. Yeah. Now everyone is in Weir's office. Ten minutes have passed. um, And it would take McKay half an hour to like forcibly bypass Carson's lockdown. Yeah. I love Weir going, this is crazy. Yeah. I feel like I would probably still have McKay start working on the bypass. Get the team, get the bomb team as close as we can. Which the bomb team is already there as close as possible. In the OR, Carson does get the tumor out. Mm-hmm. He goes to um, put it in the organ transplant lunchbox. Yeah. Which is what I've always called it. It is a lunchbox. Um, but my favorite is he he'd like, like, listen, I would just leave it and the forceps all together. Just drop the whole. You can lose that pair of forceps. Yeah. The <laughs> trouble is if you drop that. You're dropping a bomb. No, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm putting all of it in the bag. He, like, puts it in and he lets go of just the tumor. Oh, gotcha. I, in the bag. Well, I think it's easier to let go the tumor than to try to remove the forceps from your fingers. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um. Anyways, he, he closes it. He releases the lockdown on the level. He radios John. The place is open. Get the ordinance in here. And we see the doors a distance away opening. The ordnance disposal crew starting to make their way. Yeah. And we sit there on Carson for half a second. He's like, fuck it. This is annoying. I'm going to meet him halfway. Damn it. Yeah. Because the sooner it's out of Carson's sight, the better. Mm -hmm. Which, it's one of those where, like, as we'll learn, as super shitty as it is, this keeps Maria and Watson alive. Yeah. Uh, You kill two people. You save two different people. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, if this ordinance had Im- exploded while Carson was in there with him, Carson would have gone anyway. That's what I'm saying. You, you, instead of killing three two. people, you kill two people. Yeah. yeah. It's not like it's any, any better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he carefully picks it up. He starts moving as smooth as possible. He meets them halfway. He gently passes off the container and his Carson radios that the trade-off has happened. Explosion. Pink mist. Yeah. Pink mist. Uh, that, again, it's a Grey's Anatomy line. Uh, <laughs> when you, according to whatever, I don't know how much of this is research or how yeah. much is just written for the show. It's like, you know, when you are exploded by a bomb, that's what the bomb recovery teams call you, is pink mist. Pink that's mist. all that's left of you yeah. as, a, as a human. Anyway. So later... McKay is packing up Carson's room, mm-hmm. um, dressed for what will come next. He finds a photo of him and Carson off planet. 
Damn it. Ronan is the one who comes in and asks him if he's okay. He's like, nah. No. Yeah. What do no. you think, dude? Like, come on. But he's almost done. And Carson actually didn't have a lot of stuff here on Atlantis. And they're going to send his body back home. McKay's going to tell his mother because his mother doesn't know he's dead yet. Yeah. Yikes. And McKay pauses and looks at Ronan. And he's like, I should have just gone fishing with him. And he starts spiraling. I should have gone fishing. I should have checked the machine. I should have done this. And Ronan's like, nah. That's not how this works, dude. What's done is done. Yeah. And that's what's killing him, McKay says. And I love that Ronan's the one that came to check on McKay. I think he's probably the one who understands this more than the others. Well. This type of bear type of emotion. Yes. There's that. You know, he, he came to help check on McKay. He came to help pack these things up. But I think part of it, not only like Ronan on sort of understanding this. I think it's also because Ronan, who is someone who this is how he displays his feelings and his emotions. Like, I'm just going to come help you with the thing. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm just going to physically be near you and help you. Well, and this type of like gut punching awfulness is the type of emotions that Ronan knows that he's been around probably more than the others. Probably. Yeah. So he can probably stomach this more than they can. Yeah. Um, in the infirmary, Taylor is in one bed. Watson is next to her. And mm-hmm. she tries to get up, clearly in a lot of pain. As John walks in, she wants to go to the memorial. And John doesn't argue. Mm-hmm. Of course she wants to go to the memorial. And yeah. he goes to get a wheelchair. And she's like, no, I want to stand as a testament to him. I'm like, you totes can stand maybe there maybe like get a ride to the game yeah, room <laughs> yeah it's not gonna hurt you yeah or his memory like he's actually gonna be more fucking pissed from beyond the yes. grave if you re if you tear yes. your sutures in your artery that he took the time to fix if you fucking rip those because you wanted to like badass your walkway yeah nah he's gonna get real mad in those moments when we're thinking we sometimes we think we're thinking out about a person who's gone and like if you really think of what they would have done or said to you in those moments, they would have been pissed. I feel like this came up before. Yeah. Like, that's not what this person wanted for you. So don't try to say that this is in their memory. Yeah, I think it was, maybe it was something we won't get into Stargate and doctors dying, but it may have been after Janet passed. But it's this idea of like, that's not what they want from you. Yeah. Standing is fine, but like, you know, also get some help to yeah. the gate room. Yeah. Um, all of this hasn't hit John yet. Yeah. And he is not looking forward to it when it does hit him. Mm-hmm. And Taylor just feels a great sadness. Yeah. And she tries to find other words and all she can find is just great sadness. I mean, that's pretty much encompasses it. Yeah. So we get to the memorial. There's a lot of people here. Apparently, this is the last funeral for the day. Jesus, yeah. Even Ronan is dressed up in his, his yeah. nicer gear. Uh-huh. And, like, I do not envy Weir for having to eulogize him. So, real quick. Yeah. How many funerals are we having today? So, we know... It's th- the, the we- two for sure, and then the bomb guy. Well... There was three people who died when Houston exploded. 
Including her? They said three people dead. Okay. So I'm assuming that includes her. Okay. And then there was Carson and the bomb disposal guy. So that's five people. Yeah. That's a lot of funerals. It's a lot of funerals. Anyway. And it's one of those things where it's it's extremely cliche when someone's like, he was, so-and-so was a kind soul. But it's one of those where when you talk about Carson and say he was a kind soul, it's somehow not cliche. It's just truth. Yeah. It's just truth. Yeah. And that he was a healer. Yeah. Like- he he is the most pure definition of a healer. Yep. Um, George Fabricus, who uh, she quotes, um, was a German poet in the 16th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and that quote, death comes for us all, but great achievements. They build a monument which shall endure until the sun grows cold. It was actually said about, um, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this, Georgia Agricola's. Okay. Which was a German humanist scholar and mineralogist. Oh. And it makes sense. It's a, you, you, what's the legacy you leave? Exactly. Yeah. Who lives, who dies, who <laughs> tells your story? Well, it's more like, what is your story? Yeah. Yeah. What story have you, like, left? Yeah. Um, and we're adds that every single life that Carson saved is a monument to him. Mm-hmm. And that gives her great comfort. Yeah. And with that, Chuck opens the Stargate back home. Uh, Piper starts playing Lament. Can we talk about, like, the mixture of bagpipe and gate sounds? Oh, my God. The weirdest fucking... But at the same time, I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah, no, that's what I... It's, yeah. like, the weirdest mix of things it's, that is perfect. It's a perfect yeah. dichotomy. Yeah. Um, the pallbearers are John McKay, Ronan, Dr. Cole, Lauren, and Roddick. And I'm <laughs> sure it kills Taylor not to be able to oh, yeah. be yeah. there. And um, they take Carson home. And I will say the first time I watched this, I had ugly tears. Yeah. Super ugly it's tears. It's not okay. It's it's pretty shitty. Um, fun uh, fact, this is Ronan's first trip back to Earth. What a shitty way to have to like, I know. do that. I know. Um, okay, so for anyone who speaks Gaelic, I'm going to apologize profusely for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pib er och um is it means pipe music and it's what people normally think of when they think of someone who plays the bagpipes it's sort of that lone the single bagpiper okay um and calmore is specifically like it's a classic art form like this is that that drone it is there's a number of different kinds of it, but one of them is this like it's this lament it is slow it is that sort of what most people think of when they think of the Highlands and bagpipes. It's just that those tones coming together. It's this slow, methodical, like classic yeah. that single bagpipe that rings amongst the Highlands type thing. I think the dr- drone is the right word. Yeah. I, I know it sounds terrible, but that's what the sound is. It's, yeah. yeah, 100%. Um, it, it's, it hits a different vibration in your body. It's not the dances and the reels that you also yeah. find with bagpipes. That's that's that has a different name to it. Um, but like I think how more specifically means great music. Okay. It is that high art form, that classic high art form that is bagpipe, basically, or the the specifically the Highland bagpipe. There's bagpipes all over the world. Sure, people associate it with Scotland because it's what they most think of. But the Scotland, well, so, yeah, the most popular. Yeah, the the 
so the Highland bagpipe, um, yeah. So the fact that they have, like, a piper there in Atlantis is kind of fucking awesome. But. I really want to hope that someone on Atlantis is a bagpiper. Oh, yeah. Like, not that they brought someone in from Earth, but that someone there was like, I got this. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I knew Carson. This is important to me. Yes. Yeah. So a few weeks later, since they had to get a ride back, um, McKay is standing out at the far pier, the far end of the city, looking into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And Carson walks up into frame. Asking how it went on Earth. He's like, it was shit. It was shit. Yeah, this it sucks, was... dude. What do you mean, how did it go? <laughs> um, but Carson's family is amazing. Yeah, And his bet. funeral packed to the church. You don't create a person like Carson without being kind of a special family. I know. And they had, remember earlier when he was like, he was one of nine or something. He had yeah. this huge family. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming, um, I, I really assume that his mother was basically Mrs. Weasley. <laughs> Something along those lines, like for just sure. that just pure mother yeah. energy in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, and McKay knows the universe is a big place and he hopes, McKay hopes that they'll bump into each other someday again. Oh, yeah. And he sort of gets choked up here that Kirsten was the closest thing he ever had to a best friend. And he's really sorry. Maybe he'll be nicer to Zelenka from here forward. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and Carson's like, this was not your fault. No. Which is, you know, him just telling McKay what he wants to hear. Yes, but it's what best friends do. Yeah. And it's also the truth. Yeah. And Carson tells him to take care of himself. And McKay says goodbye to his best friend. And with a smile, as the camera pans away, Carson fades away. And we just are left with McKay standing alone at the end of the city, mourning his best friend. And then we get to be mad forever at the writers <laughs> for getting um, rid of... Trust me, I'm pretty sure they instantly regretted this decision. Stupid. I don't understand how you come to this. You know, there's been a lot of, like... You know, so I'm not someone who who reads into a lot of boards, into, like, theories and stuff like that, but I, I think... If I remember correctly, you know, there was it was one of those sort of cliche things where they were like, well, we, it's the same sort of reasons they ended up killing Janet. They didn't want this to, like, think that everyone's safe and always everyone comes home. And look, even on this, which is the, everyone's day off, it's the enjoyment day. Shit is still shit. But you know what? This is a lazy way to do that. Oh, I'm not saying I agree with it in any way. Yeah. I appreciate the need to create tension and create stakes, but this feels a little bit lazy. Like, it's one of those where I feel, I do feel like Janet's death was earned a bit more. That we, I agree. I agree. And um, it didn't feel right. Didn't no. feel like the right place for it. I'm mad at it. it. It was well put together. Yes. I just don't like that it had to happen. So here's the other gut check. Mm-hmm. Um, these were filmed slightly out of order, so he had to go back and film the episode that aired before this, after this episode. I would be pissed. Yeah. I would be pissed. Not, uh, yeah. I would be super unhappy with the franchise as the as an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sucks. This sucky sucks. I told Nixie this, and I'll say it again. If I were just watching this for my own, like, without the rewatch, first watch. Yeah, without the podcast. Without the podcast, 
I probably wouldn't watch for a while. Yeah. I would probably stop watching for there a while. There was a lot of people who were extremely angry about this. Yeah. I would so, be a little pissed right now. There was a whole movement. They save Carson Beckett. Like It's great. done. Here's the thing is it's done. You can't write him back in any thoughtful way. You you only make it worse. Yeah. I respect I'm guessing yeah. that they stuck with the decision. I respect that they didn't pander to the fans. I, I do respect that because you can't make it good at that point. Yeah. But it sucks. It does suck. It sucks and I'm mad and I would have walked away from the show for like a month at least. Yeah. If if we weren't if we weren't watching the way we are. And just to let you know, this aired on the same night as Talion. Oh wow. So that was a heavy night. No kidding. Yeah. That was a heavy night. Um Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a shitty one. But I respect them sticking to their guns. They yeah. did it. It's done. We're here now. You cannot sacrifice the rest of the show for a mistake. You move I mean, forward. The rest of the episode is done so well. Yeah. It's a well done. The it's, thing is, they did the episode well. The yeah. decision to, to kill the character yeah. is the thing that sucks. It sucks. Um, yeah. That, to me, is the part that I'm like, oh, bad choice. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have to keep saying this part for myself more than anyone else. <laughs> I respect their decision to say, we did it, it's done. Yeah. We can undo it. Nope. We're going to move forward. Um, On a lighter note, a lot of what I saw coming was the bomb in a body, people's lives at stake, doctors at stake thing is is something that was done on Grey's Anatomy. Huge, big, 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 one of the best episodes of the series ever, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I may put it at the top too because it's a two-parter okay if you're interested you can watch those two episodes and not watch any other Grey's Anatomy yeah because I've seen I think two episodes of Grey's Anatomy it's uh so it's season two it's the mid-season um and this actually happened to be the Super Bowl episode yeah it aired after whatever that was that year I think it was it was 2006 (laughs) whatever whatever so it actually aired before this aired yeah yeah and the guest actor um who you may know, Kyle Chandler. I do know. I have heard Kyle Chandler. Yeah, of Friday Night Lights and a bunch of other things. I know him from something else. Early edition. I know him from something else. Okay. Um, he's in a bunch of stuff. But he won the Emmy for his role. One of the like few actual Grace Anatomy winners. <laughs> which is funny. Because it's a great show. Um, I think I tried watching the first two episodes and went, no. Nah. you got to move through the... It's... The first season is short, and it was finding its legs. Um, oh, I know where I know him from. <laughs> what do you know, Kyle? Oh, it was Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> well, Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kyle Chandler's in it. Um, Christina Ricci's also oh, a guest star in He was episode. also Deke Slayton in First Man. Oh, yeah, I do remember I like that. Deke. Um, but, uh, yeah, season two... Uh, it's the two-parter called It's the End of the World, and then part two is called it's As We end Know It. It's the of the world, as we know it. <laughs> but check it out. It's good. I watched it this morning. I cried again. Because, you know, <laughs> this episode alone wasn't enough for crying. I then watched this episode, uh, the two-parter. Uh, it's good. It's good stuff. So check it out. Well, I'm going to let you know that next week we cover SG-1. Okay. Uh, is it more crying? Uh, there is a definite tone shift. It's oh. called Family Ties. Don't okay. worry. There's a tone shift. Oh, thank also, God. Also, <laughs> Grace, 
We have three episodes left of SG-1. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I keep thinking it's like five, six episodes. In my head, it's been five or six episodes for a long time. And yeah. it's going to keep being five or six episodes away. Oh, no, there's three episodes left. I don't feel good about that. Yeah, there's three I episodes. I don't know how we're going to do that. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to record them. We're going to sit down and talk into a microphone. Oh, I just got to chill. Mixy <laughs> oh, witness that. Yeah. You can do a live watch. So. Oh, God. Oh, God. Live watches ended up being, um, um, bartender Nick suggested we do a live watch. But we'll those see. tend up not being as exciting because it's mostly just us quietly watching the show. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what we can do. Um, okay. I'm ready for a tone shift. I need a donut. Let's get out of here. I do really want donuts. Guys, uh, thanks for sitting with us. Uh, Grace Mad. Grace Mad in Atlanta. We did want to, we we mentioned off the top, but we did want to mention thank you. We we are ramping back up. Yep. Um, Stuff that we we have a plan for Patreon people. Stay tuned. You guys are are awesome. We're moving things forward. Understand the past year. Thank you for sticking with us. It's been a year. We um, are hashtag moving forward. Hashtag moving forward. <laughs> and we're going to get things back online. And we appreciate everyone's patience so far. And thank you for sticking with us. Even if you're just listening, if you're Patreon, even more. Um, I don't know how much to say thank you and or how. But we're thinking of ways and we're finding them I mean, and we're going to get them there. If we sound extra pretty this week, it's because of you. Yeah. Thank you for keeping us going. Um, So we'll see you next week. Yes. You know where to find us. Uh-huh. On Twitter, we're at Tara Podcast. Facebook, There's No Place Like Tara. Email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Tara. Rate us, like us, review us wherever you listen to our podcast. And guys, raise a glass for the singular, the Carson. lovely, the amazing, the cleric, the Dr. OG Beckett. cleric, Dr. Carson Beckett. We love Damn you. It. Oh, Tara Award to... To Paul McGillian, Fuck. just because Tara Award to Paul McGillian. I mean, yeah. Because. Tara Award for keeping his shit together and not like storming off the set. Because Tara at Award. At this point. Tara, all my, all my Tara Awards to Paul McGillian. Tara Award for not completely dissing the show the minute he left, <laughs> because that's where I would be. Uh, yeah. It's Tara Award for being a good human. Uh, and for playing Carson and giving Carson such a heart. Okay, let's get the heck out of okay, here. Okay, we're just gonna gush over Carson. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.